so happy Halloween. This is so exciting. Uh, this marks the end of October and all month I've been doing my third annual Disney Scares Month. And I thought it would be fun to kind of look back at all of the choices that I have made over the course of Disney Scares Month for three years and just talk about them and then also talk about some other good films for families to watch on uh, on Halloween. Most of them we'll talk about will be sort of Disney related or, or in that vein. Uh, so it should be pretty fun. So if you're looking for something to watch with your family today on Halloween, then this will be the perfect podcast for you to listen to. And I had to have a friend to talk about these with me. <laughs> and so my friend AJ just, was kind enough to enjoy, to join me to talk about Disney Scares Month. So thanks so much, AJ. Yeah, no problem. And hello, everybody who's <laughs> listening or watching. <laughs> yes. So you've been on the podcast a couple of times, a number of times. Yeah. And uh, you want to just introduce yourself real quick, just in case people, this is our first time. Oh, sure. So I'm AJ, like we said. Um, I kind of used to write for rotoscopers.com. <laughs> That's where Rachel and I met. Um, I haven't written for them in a long time. I should again, but mm -hmm. that's another subject. Um, I'm really kind of a pop culture fan, just overall. And I like writing about pop cultural things, especially movies and reviewing them. And I do that on my blog, Vintage Vestibule. Mm -hmm. And that's basically me. <laughs> yeah. And what is your history sort of, or your experience with Disney and, and with scary movies? So say? Disney, kind of the, basically the same history as anybody else has with Disney. I've watched them ever since I was like a, real, like a little kid. My first movie I remember seeing was The Lion King in 1994, and I got scared at the end. <laughs> Simple <laughs> roar on the top of Fried Rock. And I think I might have like had a meltdown in the theater because my mom didn't take me to the theater for a long, long, long time after that. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's, but I love Disney. Like, it would take a long time for me to go into everything about it, but. I think a lot of people, their first scares were from a Disney film, uh, but the villain, and I don't have in Disney Scares Month, I don't have any of the canon films, like say Pinocchio, which was definitely one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen because I try for family movie night to only review movies I haven't reviewed before. And I've uh -huh. reviewed all the Disney canon in another series on the Disney canon. So that's why these are all, you know, different. And the part of that is just for my own, just fun, because I like reviewing new stuff. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, that's why if people are wondering, like, why isn't that there? That's because like Sleepy Hollow or something like that. It's because I already reviewed it. So anyway, just clarification. Uh, but yeah, what about you in scary movies? Where, where's your tolerance, I guess? <laughs> Um, it's a lot, it's a lot more now, now that I've gotten older than it was when I was younger. Like, I always kind of liked being scared. Like, I would read, like, Goosebumps books and stuff like that, back when they were, like, really popular. And I liked that, but I think because I could control it with my own imagination, what I saw and what I didn't see, it right. didn't scare me as much. But when I saw, like, a movie, it would freak me out when I was a kid and I had to leave the room <laughs> early 
Like, I remember when I was a kid, I saw Twilight Zone, the movie, and that very first sequence with Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks in the car. That freaked me out so bad I didn't watch that movie again for, like, almost 20 years <laughs> after seeing it that first time. But um, I always also kind of liked the feeling of being scared. Like, I like that suspenseful, tense, like, tension <laughs> that you feel, mm-hmm. like, when it's building up to something, a scary movie. So I liked it, but I didn't really have a super high tolerance for it at the time. Kind of an interesting <laughs> mixture. Yeah. But uh, you got over it because you've seen some pretty scary movies. We've talked about it. Yeah, like I like scary movies now. Like, like most of them don't really scare me as much anymore, which is kind of a sad trade-off <laughs> in a way. Used to be, I used, and I still am a pretty big scary movie wimp. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I really hate anything with like rape or like any kind of like woman being stalked or attacked or that kind of thing. I don't like anything like that. Um, but I have gotten a little braver <laughs> in the last few years. I've tried to sort of expand my repertoire a little bit. Uh, I went, I don't know, it might not sound scary to other people, but I went to see a movie like 10 Cloverfield Lane, which to me was really scary. And uh-huh very well done and actually was my favorite of that year uh i i i liked um get out a lot i uh i i've seen things like stranger things uh so i've tried over the last little bit to kind of expand a little bit but still i'm I'm pretty (laughs) pretty tame like the one movie that I didn't like that I was kind of pushing my comfort zone is I saw, uh, I saw the gift uh-huh. and that was too scary for me as to like, I don't know with like what happens to the woman in that movie. And that, that was just not for me. It was well done, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Even with me, I don't like super glory or like super sadistic kind of horror. Like, the closest I've come with, like, slasher movies is the first Halloween, which is surprisingly not bad when you think about the subgenre that it started. It's not really gory or anything. And then Scream also. Yeah. But beyond I, that, yeah. I did just recently watch Scream. Uh, and I think a lot of the humor was a little lost on me because I haven't seen these other franchises uh, but I did it for my blind spot series, which is the whole point of that series is getting out of your comfort zone and pushing yourself. Yeah. And I did enjoy it. I, uh, particularly, I thought the, um, cause it, it, it wasn't taking itself too seriously. So it was, I didn't really get that scared because it wasn't like, it was kind of a spirit of fun about it. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- but yeah, mostly I'm more about like Amblin style horror more than anything mm-hmm. else. And we'll get more into that because yeah. I kind of feel like Spielberg kind of took the reins from Disney in that sense, <laughs> realizing that, hey, we can, I mean, Disney was kind of doing the same thing, but Spielberg kind of was doing it in other areas, realizing that, hey, we don't have to put on kid gloves when we make movies for families, you know, kids, yeah. kids can be scared and they're not going to be warped by it or anything like that. Right. And that some kids will think it's really fun. Uh, yeah, so let's dive into this series. So the very first movie that I ever reviewed for Disney Scares Month is Watcher in the Woods. 
And we actually have done a whole podcast comparing the new Watcher in the Woods, which everyone has forgot about already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to the old film. And we both felt like the new one was, was fine, right? I mean, yeah. it had problems, but so did the original. And it improved on some things. It was worse in other ways. Uh, but, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Watcher in the Woods original? The original, like, I kind of feel like the two have kind of like a reverse problem in a way. Like, uh-huh. the original film is, like, really, really cool from, like, a visual standpoint. Like, I really like the camera work that they do, like, the roving camera, like, around the houses and like around the house and in the woods and stuff. But like the acting, especially from Lynn Holly Johnson is not great. (laughs) And like, and like, I feel like that's like the reverse problem in the remake. Like I haven't watched that one recently, Mm -hmm. but it's not really visually exciting in the way that the original was, even though the acting is better. Well, and the new one, as I recall, it's been a while, but as I recall, the new one didn't set up the mystery quite as compellingly. Like they were, I don't know, trying to make it about the plague and a doctor and and some of the stuff, the supernatural elements were sort of taken out. And I think that hurt uh, the mystery kind of element that they felt a need to sort of explain everything and everything had to have an origin, which makes it less scary. Yeah, definitely. Like... And that's one thing that's really cool about The Watcher in the Woods is, like, you don't really know entirely what's happening until the very, very end. Yeah. Like, the last scene. Like, you know there's something out in the woods, but you don't know what it is. You know what people think it is. But... Yeah. Well, and, like, the, uh, the, the word in the glass, you know, like, that was pretty scary. And there's certain things, like, it sets up the mystery well in like yeah. the triangles like what does the triangles mean or you know sort of the stuff and it kind of uh, i think they do a really good job with that and you know betty davis is so good that she adds a lot of atmosphere uh into the movie and it's just something sort of refreshing and fun like i i like if i was a parent i would want to try to introduce my kids to as many genres as possible and I think that Watcher in the Woods is a great way to introduce kids to like supernatural horror without it being like something that will be too scary for, for, you know, like a, like eight and up. I think it's fine. Oh yeah, definitely. And even then there's still some imagery that still sticks with you in a way that nothing in the remake does. Like I think of that. Yeah of the figure in the mirror with the blindfold on in the original film. Like, that's pretty creepy, and there's nothing in the remake that sticks yeah. with me. <laughs> like, for instance, they have the triangles in the original movie that appear in the glass, which we don't know. What does that mean? So there's more mystery, whereas in the remake, it the crosses appear, which is more, like, we know what a cross means. We know it, like, it's less sort of intriguing, less different. And so I think that there's just stuff like that 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 wasn't wasn't the same but uh but yeah watcher in the woods is a fun little movie <laughs> yeah and, uh, with some pretty bad acting <laughs> That's yeah cool. there's one line that lynn holly johnson says in that that makes me cringe like there's <laughs> only two things in pop culture history that don't really make you cringe and it's the family ties theme song is one of them <laughs> we don't have to go into that <laughs> and then 
as in the line where Lynn Holmey Johnson's like, it's not Karen, it's someone else. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That line always makes me cringe. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's funny. So my second pick for Disney Scares Month was Frankenweenie. And this is uh, Tim Burton. And I think it is by far the best movie that he has made in the last 10 years at least not i mean like for me not even close nothing else even comes close to it uh that he has done and i wish that he would continue to tell his own stories and that he would continue with animation because i just feel like this movie has so much more heart so much more creativity than all of his live action films that he's done in the last decade and I I just I really do love it. I love it's got such a sweetheart. Like I even I'm not even a dog owner, and I am just like oh it's so, and it's funny. It's got sort of a quirky sense of humor, I think, and I just love sort of the uh, the black and white feel to it in the uh, the aesthetics. I think it's really cool. I don't know what do you think about Frank and Weenie? Yeah, I actually have not seen this one, so this is the first one on counter that I have not actually seen. Oh really? But- Yeah, I've seen scenes from it, though, and Mm -hmm. I really like the visual style and the quirkiness of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of feel like Tim Burton really has to feel passionate about a project for the movie to be good, you know? Mm -hmm. He's not like other directors who are like, who can just pick up anything and do a solid job with it, you know? Well, and I think that that CGI has made him less creatively interesting uh that there's something about him having to do the stop motion which i think makes him it's slower it just makes him stop it makes him i don't know i just think there's so much more creativity because i used to like tim burton but i just have grown a point where i hear his name's on a project i'm like oh it's gonna be terrible and so but this is the one project that i like that he's done in yeah. the last, like said, decade. Since Sweeney Todd, uh, there's really nothing else that I've liked at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, is Miss Peregrine's. That was a huge disappointment, that movie. Oh, it was so boring. I wanted to die. So it was not for me. <laughs> yeah. But Frank and Weenie, I really enjoyed. I think personally, I think it along with Paranorman were the best animated films of that year. And I think that it that both of them should have won. Everybody was like, oh, it's, it's a tragedy that Rekka Ralph didn't win. Personally, I think that Paranorman deserved it. That's my opinion. And I think that Frank and Weenie would have been my second choice. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, I, I do like the scenes that I've seen. I need to watch the whole thing. Yeah, but. you do. <laughs> Gotta watch it. All right. My third pick. I had a strong first year of Disney Scares Months. My third pick is Something Wicked This Way Comes. This is based on the novel by Ray Bradbury. And it's basically about these two boys and... Uh, and all of these other people that are in this town that all have their own sort of uh, their own insecurities and problems. And this uh, carnival man comes into town uh, with all of these strange funhouse kind of exhibits, whatever. And he promises uh, them that he will 
he will take away these insecurities and take away their pains and but you know of course the magic has its costs and i love this movie i think this movie is so beautifully filmed i think it does have heart because you get to see where these insecurities lie like the one boy's father played by jonathan robarts he is super insecure about the fact that he's an older father and he doesn't feel like he can do what he needs to do for his son and so he's really insecure about that and so there's that and then there's the 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 shopkeeper who's missing a limb from the war there's a teacher who uh kind of pines after her beautiful youth you know there's these different things and it's just cool and interesting and scary and i i love it i think it's great yeah i love this movie too like it's interesting like i was what i was reading about something with the dc comes like the whole story's history overall Mm-hmm. And Ray Bradbury had been working for like a really long time to get that novel made into a movie, like even before it was a novel. Like Gene Kelly was originally going to direct it from a from like an original screenplay, but when that didn't happen, Bradbury adapted it into a novel, and then Sam Peckinpah was going to make it for a while. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, and then eventually it came to Disney. But I think I don't know how what those other film versions would have been like. I think Gene Kelly <laughs> behind the wheel sounds really interesting for that. But um, I really like the way it came out because it looks like Bradbury's like a very poetic kind of writer, like a very lyrical kind of writer. Mm-hmm. And this movie really has that look to it, kind of a sepia tone almost look yeah. to it. Like it's nostalgic, but it's not like rose-colored glasses nostalgic, you know, yeah. because of the carnival largely and the production design is so cool within the within the carnival and also with the just with the town which is with everything i and there's lots of like little scares in the sort of bigger scares like there's uh this pretty scary scene with a with a if you're scared of big spiders there's a pretty pretty good scene with some spiders uh, there's some like little moments that I think work as well. So all together, it just works. And uh, I, I think it's very underrated. And I guess that, like it had like a really rocky production. And uh, so maybe that hurt it a little bit. But uh, and it is pretty scary for kids. Uh, it probably I probably recommend it more for older kids um personally i don't know what do you think as far as what you would recommend yeah probably for older kids like between like i think like eight and 12 pretty much the age of the two boys in the movie i think would be like a perfect age like if you're certainly if your kids are old enough to watch stranger things then for sure they're fine yeah definitely but but i wouldn't be surprised if the people behind stranger things were somewhat influenced by uh by some something wicked this week comes it feels it has that feel i think uh stranger things as as something wicked this way comes to me yeah i wanted to mention really quick well two things like one jonathan price is mr yeah. dark he is really good at, and he's like intimidating and scary mm-hmm. without being over the top about it he's very like even keeled the whole time yeah, which makes him scarier <laughs> yeah yeah like when but, he- like he has the tattoos on his hands of the boys. Like, that's pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. And then I really like the whole deal with the devil aspect of it. You know, like those stories where, like, mm-hmm. you get everything you thought you wanted, but there's always, like, an ironic twist to it. 
Right. Like the teacher who gets her duty back when she's struck and she's stricken blind immediately after that. Yeah. So she can't see it. Or like even Jason Robards and Jonathan Price's like confrontation in the library where he's looking for the boys because he knows that they're there, Mr. Dark. Where they're talking about like like Mr. Dark offers him his youth and he'll turn in the boys again. Mm-hmm. And like he has a diary and every page he rips out, he's like taking a year off of his offer, you know? And he's talking about the things that happen like with every year, like the bad parts of getting older. It's like a really intense scene and all it is is like tearing pages out of a book and talking. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. It's really, really good and really well acted. This, unlike, a, say, you're a watcher in the woods, that, this one's really well acted. So, yeah. All right. Well, my third choice for Disney Scares Month is was dragon slayer and this is a touchstone film i believe it was released along with uh paramount i think paramount is a co-production between paramount and walt disney so it doesn't have disney on the uh cover per se but it was definitely a disney film and this is a film that i think a lot of people that like your lord of the rings your harry potters your fantasy I think that they would really like this movie. And I think this movie should be right up there with a remake because I think it's just got everything that people like. Yeah, definitely. Like this is another, I know this is one that's kind of obscure. So I kind of feel like I have, I feel, I don't know, maybe less ashamed of having (laughs) seen it. Like my first exposure to it was seeing Napoleon. I'm getting ahead of myself. The poster for it in Napoleon Dynamite's bedroom in the movie yes. Napoleon Dynamite. It was like my <laughs> first exposure to it. But like it looks interesting and it has an actor that I usually think is interesting. Peter McNichol yeah. <laughs> in it. It's kind <laughs> of strange casting a little bit. Like they're fine, but they're not your typical uh, typical leads in these kind of things i know they're just sort of they're a little bit odd casting it's been a little while since i've seen it to be completely frank but uh it, the the biggest strength of this movie is the practical effects of the dragon uh that they were actually like they actually created dragons uh that uh kind of like they did for jurassic park with the dinosaurs uh, and there's some pretty grisly scenes where like people are eaten and you actually see like flesh and you see people burned and some stuff like that that are pretty uh-huh. gnarly. <laughs> uh, so if you have the faint of stomach, that might be a little hard. And there's, cause there's uh, the, the one King, he offers up a, a virgin to, sacrifice every year and there's his his daughter who's been saved from the sacrifice and uh and then she ends up getting kind of convinced that this is unfair and she shouldn't be removed from the lottery and so she ends up in the thing with the dragon and so there's uh there's some pretty gnarly scenes with people getting sacrificed and stuff and uh but it's 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 an entertaining little movie i mean fantasy has never been my favorite but i think if you definitely if you like fantasy you should definitely check it out it's it's good good okay 
I, I like Harry Potter, so <laughs> I'll give it a try. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you like, uh, it's more, more Tolkien-y than Harry Potter-y, but like, if you like fantasy, give it a shot. Give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. And I just think in the whole Game of Thrones, just the fantasy, I just think that they could remake this movie. And I think if they, I think it could do well. Yeah. All right. My next pick I thought was a scary movie. It turned out not to be a scary movie, but I picked <laughs> The Black Hole. Yeah. And uh, Have you seen this one? I have seen some of it and it's been sitting on my bookshelf, <laughs> on my DVD shelf, so I should, should have watched it before this, but I didn't. Sorry. I've seen scenes of, scenes of it, though. I've seen about half, uh-huh. maybe about a quarter of it, and I don't think it's completely out of place in a Disney scares month. There's some pretty crazy scenes <laughs> in that movie. Yeah, there like, are some, but it really feels like an original episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Original series, for sure. Like everything, like all the, it was made in 1979, which was right at the end of Star Trek original series, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, but... Because I think Star Trek The Motion Picture came out in 79, 8 or 9? 79. 79, so. yeah. So right around the same time. And uh, it definitely, even in the, the costumes, the robots, that well, actually, there's certain parts that feel sort of Star Wars-y, like the robots. Uh-huh. But then a lot of it feels very Star Trek to me. More, I'd say it's more Star Trek than Star Wars. And uh, there, uh, you have a pretty good cast with uh uh with your Anthony Perkins which is always hard because he's such a villain you know like he's so kind of typecast but like he plays uh one of the doctors on the board the ship uh then you have uh he's probably the biggest name Ernest Borgnine is in it uh Roddy McDowell's in it as uh one of the voices and yeah, it's basically this sci-fi story uh, about this crew that ends up on this ship uh, that has been lost, and uh, they uh, there's these like faceless drones that run the ship, and like the longer they're kind of on the ship, the more these drones start to become more suspect, and uh, it sort of becomes the people versus these drones. And like I said, very Star Trek-y for sure. Yeah. And there's like a, like, I was thinking about, there's a big, like, kind of a religious subtext to, like, the, the twist at the end of this movie that feels very Star Trek-esque as yes. well. Yeah. And that, but, like, speaking of horror, horrific scenes, that scene where Anthony Perkins, I think, discovers a secret secret behind the drones, <laughs> that's a pretty horrific scene. Yeah, that is. is pretty, it? Yeah. And then when Maxim, what Maximilian does to him right after that yeah. <laughs> is pretty yeah. intense, too. That's true. And that's, yeah. yeah. That's true, because the, the, the final scene is kind of like they're, there's, there's, there's sort of, it's almost like purgatory or hell, kind of a, a space that they're in with yeah. all of these, like, these enrobed aliens that are, and it, it's, it's the black hole, I guess. It's pretty... Yeah. <laughs> uh and there's kind of a uh angel like character so it, it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting film 
and it was a little boring for me. I didn't love it, but uh, but it's interesting. It's an interesting yeah. film, and it would be an interesting one to remake too. I think they could do it, and it would be. I'd be curious to see a new take on it. Like that's the ones I think are the best movies to remake is movies that have a lot of potential that like certain people remember enough to like, but, but they're not like beloved. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Those are perfect. Yeah, definitely. Because you like, can really make your stamp on them. You can do something very different, but uh, you still got something to kind of go off of. So like yeah. dragon was kind of the same for me with that, you know, it's like, there's enough people that like it, but like not people that are usually very like reverential about it. Oh yeah, definitely. So. And I'm just glad the movie exists like that and Tron and something wicked this way comes in actually pretty much everything we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of a sign that like, I've talked about this before on Twitter, but like a lot of people maligned Ron Miller because of the way he didn't really understand animation, largely because Walt didn't really let him work in animation that much. Uh-huh. But like you could tell, like with live action, he was really trying to go new places, you know. Yeah. Like even if it didn't always work out, so I think he's. A, I don't I don't want to say he's the best CEO. Obviously, Disney ever had because he wasn't. But like, he deserves more credit for being more creative than people tend to think he was. Fair enough. I can, I can co-sign to that. So then we had uh, Return to Oz was my next pick. This is a movie that like scarred me as a child. It was way <laughs> too scary for me as a kid. I hated it. I love the original so much. And to be honest, I still kind of hate it. It's not for me. I totally see as an adult why other people like it because it has a unique visual style and it's you know does its own thing but i just feel like it's it's just too mean-spirited especially to have when you have oz on that name and i get that people say oh well it's more like the book or whatever but when you have aunt m taking dorothy to be elect you know get electro shop shock therapy and then like everybody just being horrible and scary and there's really there's not no release there's no like sense of joy in the film for me it's just i don't know it's just all unpleasant and (laughs) uh, you need more of the uh i don't know more of the joy more of the pauses uh for it to work for me and so it just ends up being this kind of unpleasant experience for me i don't know yeah there's a lot of freaky imagery in that one. Yeah. Like, even, like, the good guys don't really look like good guys yeah. <laughs> in the typical sense. Like, the giant pumpkin-headed guy and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, what am I trying to say? Like, I know, like, the, the guy who directed it, Walter Murch, he worked with, like, Coppola a lot in the 70s, like, on Apocalypse Now and stuff uh-huh. like that. And I kind of feel like, he was trying to bring that sensibility that was popular in the 70s, you know, kind of let's talk, tackle darker subject matter and stuff like that uh-huh. to, to like this Oz story. And I don't know if it fits <laughs> particularly well, yeah. you know, it's like, it's two good tastes that don't taste good together. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's what makes the original so brilliant is that it has these darker moments. Like when, when Dorothy is crying for Anim in the witch's castle, 
that moment is brutal. I don't think Judy Garland gets enough credit for that, her acting in that movie and in that scene in particular, when she sees M on the globe and she's, you know, she's, she's crying and it's pretty hopeless and it gets pretty, there's definitely some really scary moments in the original Wizard of Oz, but it's always broken up by a song, by a, uh, uh, by a joke, by a lighter scene, so that all together it feels magical. Yeah, and like that scene, the Wizard of Oz that you mentioned—that's like one of the most. That's one of like the darkest scenes in the film, like you said. Not just because of the way Judy Garland's acting, but the way Margaret Hamilton as a wicked witch like mocks her in her moment of like total despair and loss. Yeah. How the wicked witch just laughs at her, you know. And literally makes fun of her, like the way she's crying and everything, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that any of the uh, the, the attempts to recreate uh, Wizard of Oz, with exception for me of maybe Wicked on Broadway, uh, I don't think that any of them have been able to find that balance of, uh, of, of tones. Right. Like, I don't think the Wiz does. I don't think that uh, Return to Oz does. I don't think Oz the Great and Powerful does. I don't think uh, that terrible animated one does. I can't think of the name. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's it? Dorothy's Return. I'd like Legends of Oz. Legends of Oz. Yeah. 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 And there's been a couple other little ones. Uh, there was one that they did for TV, Emerald City that I thought actually had some potential, but I kind of lost interest. Uh, everybody else hated it, but uh, they kind of did a steampunk approach. But oh, yeah. Work. And, uh, and then there's like a Muppets one. There's a few other ones, but it just, uh, a lot of the problems with retelling Oz is that a lot of the iconic parts of Wizard of Oz are owned by MGM, I believe. And so you can't use them. You can't use Ruby Slippers. You can't use Yellow Brick Road. You can't use Munchkins. You can't, like, all of this stuff is, like, owned by them. So, like, when Disney's trying to make a movie, they have to either use stuff from the books or they, uh, um, or they have to come up with completely their own stuff. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, definitely. I will say I liked Oz of the Great and Powerful, but largely because of the scene where, like, the wizard... <laughs> brings in all those machinery and stuff like it's kind of his triumphant yeah. moment at the end i like that <laughs> there were some nice visuals in that movie but i hated mila kunis's character she was the worst to me yeah uh, anyway all right so my next now we're going on to the next year where this is year two uh this is last year <laughs> uh so my i guess well, wow i guess we should pick things up okay my next pick was blackbeard's ghost and it turns out, watching this movie, it's not really scary at all. But I just was going off of the ghost. And uh, it's, Peter Ustinov is a treasure, was a treasure, I, I guess. Uh, he was hilarious. And he is so funny in this movie uh, that it's just kind of a Peter Ustinov show. He's this boozy, terrible <laughs> ghost pirate that makes this, this, uh, this guy's life a nightmare and it's pretty funny i like it yeah i have not seen this one it's been one i've been wanting to see though yeah <laughs> so 
I don't really have a lot to say, obviously. But Peter Ustinov is the best thing in any movie he's in. I was not a fan of We Are No Angels. Uh, this is a Christmas classic, but I did not like it. And But he was hilarious in it. And he's amazing in this. And he makes the... It's a one-man show. I mean, he's just so funny. So... Of course, he's great as Prince John and Robin yes, Hood as Prince well. John. Yeah, he's the best. I love <laughs> So that one is not scary, but it's fun. Uh, then my next pick last year was Toy Story of Terror. So this was the direct to television, whatever special that they did. And I think this was actually really, really good. Like if you wanted to have a grown up discussion with a child about a fear they were having, I think this is actually a really good movie for them to watch because Jesse's fear of being in the box uh, is really well portrayed, I think, and well done. And uh, they also do a really good job of bringing in sort of like classic horror tropes in a kid-friendly way, like the creaking floorboards and the 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 door, you know, kind of thing, and the green lights and the spooky, those just spooky things. I think really fun, and uh, I. I like some of the new characters they created for this story. I really enjoyed it. I don't know. Have you seen this one? I have. I have this one on DVD. I actually found it after looking for it for a really long time. <laughs> Super excited when I found it. <laughs> but I really do like this one a lot. Like more than Toy Story that time for that by far. Mm-hmm. Like I think it really did well being scary, but not in like an overly, <laughs> not in a traumatizing way. And I thought the story was really creative. And I also really liked meeting Combat Carl in that one. Yeah. Another Combat Carl. Character. Especially since he was voiced by Carl Weathers. For for those who don't know, he was Apollo Creed in the first three Rocky movies. Mm -hmm. Rocky movies, that is. They also trained Adam Sandler and Happy Gilmore. (laughs) I really liked him. So I was happy to see him in the, or hear him in the movie. Yeah, it's really fun. They do a really good job. All the voice work is great, of course, because it's Toy Story. And it really gives me, I mean, I enjoyed both of I do agree this is stronger than the Christmas one, but I thought they were both fun. I enjoyed both of them. And so it kind of gives me uh, confidence in Toy Story 4 because I just feel like these characters just work in telling stories for whatever reason. They just, uh, yeah, they're just good. So we'll see how that is, but I'm hopeful, especially with what Tim Allen recently said about it. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. So, all right. Then next, I did a very obscure film, which I'd be shocked if you'd seen, called Mr. Boogity. And there is the Bride of Boogity as well. (laughs) Have you heard of it? That name makes me laugh. I had heard of it. I had not seen it, though. (laughs) Yeah. It's really fun. I if you like sort of old school practical cheesy effects, I have fun with those kind of effects. A lot of people want things to be like super realistic, but I actually like like when they at one point when they see uh, Mr. Boogity, like their heads go, their I mean their hair goes boom right into the air, which is really fun. And you see a. Uh, uh you know the mr boogity and he's got all these like scabs and stuff he's like ah and (laughs) it's just a really good time like and it's only i think like an hour oh okay 
it was for the like wonderful world of disney back in the day uh-huh and the the bride of boogity i actually didn't like quite as much because it just wasn't quite as much fun i don't think as the first one but the guy the director's name is oz scott and i've read some interviews with him and it just seems like uh, they were having the time of their life they were just uh, this is just a uh a uh, classic scary movie uh for for kids that's just like kind of in the vein of like a universal monster movie uh that's just kind of silly and fun because you have this dad who is this jokester and constantly playing tricks on his kids at the same time that this house they moved into is possessed by mr boogity and so like sometimes the tricks the scares are the dad and sometimes they're actually Mr. Boogity. And then, of course, the dad gets, like, his revenge kind of in the end uh, for all his tricks. And it's – I recommend it. I really enjoyed it. enjoyed it a lot. It was really good. Uh, so then we had Halloween Town. This is my – the first Halloween Town. It's my next pick. Uh, have you seen this? I have not. Like, oh. I have to confess that I haven't re- seen any of, like, the, the Disney Channel original movies that are on this list. But um, I've obviously heard of Halloween Town, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think well, there's anybody that's my age that hasn't. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might just because this one was so popular and it's uh, so old. Uh, it's yeah. uh, just this year's 20-year anniversary for the first Halloween Town, so that's pretty exciting. And it's pretty fun. Uh, it's uh, You've got this, uh, you know, this mom with her two kids, the one's like a, three kids, uh, the brainiac son, and then a, a daughter who's wanting to be more independent. She wants to go out at Halloween, but she, the mom's preventing her. And she has this crazy grandma, played by Debbie Reynolds, who's a delight, who comes in. And we find out that her, uh, that this, this, this family of witches. And uh, so. And, and they've been trying to like hide this from this daughter for as long as she could. She has these powers and there's this whole place called Halloween town. And so they end up going there and uh, there's a villain. I can't even remember. And there's like a, uh, various shenanigans go on <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's just silly and fun. And Debbie Reynolds, of course, elevates it. And I haven't seen any of the others, but yeah, I, rec- I I think it's a fun watch. Halloween Town. Okay, then next we have uh, Hocus Pocus. So Hocus Pocus, if it was just like a movie that I found like in a, you know, in sort of these obscure like Mr. Boogity or whatever, I'd be like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. It's decent. Uh, you know, I like the fact that the three witches are like totally evil. Like, there's no attempt to, like, give them a softer moment or something. Like, they're just, like, really bad. I like yeah. that. But uh, I just don't think it deserves this. I think the praise is way out of line for the quality of the movie. <laughs> and I think that a lot of the choices are very strange for me. I do not understand them constantly bringing up the young boy's virginity and him being kind of made fun of throughout the movie, I feel is very weird. And 
I don't think that the acting from the kids is up to par. I, I do think that the three women are having a good time. So we enjoy that, but it's just average for me. I do not understand the, uh, I think that pretty much every single movie that we've talked about so far, I like better <laughs> than Hocus Pocus. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't quite get the appeal of it, to be honest. Yeah, I guess this is a place where we come from different places. We've talked about this recently on social media, in fact. But um, I am someone who grew up with the movie. I watch it every Halloween still. I've already watched it for this year. And like, I, it's like a case where I understand the criticisms that people have. But since I grew up with, with, with it, they don't really bother me as much, I think is primarily what it is. And, like, I have lots of good memories. And I think the only really real jokes with the kids at work, I think those two bullies are so stupid that they're kind of funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think those are really the only jokes with the kids that really work well. Most of, like, the really funny sequences have to do with the three witches, like, where they meet Gary Marshall as the devil. <laughs> I think that, I think those jokes work well for me. And then the bus driver who falls in love with Sarah Jessica Parker. I think those jokes work fairly well even though they are kind of racy, but yeah, most of, yeah, most of the jokes with the sisters work well, not so much with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's definitely not one that I ever watched until, like, until I was, I don't know if I'd seen it even before doing this um, project, so uh, I didn't watch it until I was an adult, and I was just like, really? That's it? Like, it has a whole fireworks show and thing in disneyland like there are so (laughs) many disney movies that are way better that deserve their own fireworks show like what (laughs) i don't i don't know just a little crazy so okay so we'll go through these next ones pretty quick because you haven't seen any of them but okay uh so the next so now we're getting to this year so this year i i have done uh, TV movies this year because you know there's, I'm running out of I try to always make family movie night uh, choices that I really like uh, and or that I can confidently recommend <laughs> and like so certain movies like Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion you know I, I'm probably not gonna like it that much maybe who knows maybe it's a hidden gem for the record but, I like it <laughs> what's that for the record I actually like that one oh, you too. <laughs> but yeah um it doesn't look like my cup of tea but anyway so there might be a theatrical release which is technically a scary movie from disney but i'm not going to pick it if i don't like it and want to recommend it so anyway um so i have uh, done four and then there's one more well i will have done i will have done five picks from this for this month uh that when this airs uh so starting out my first one was don't look under the bed and this is a Disney Channel original movie. And this was actually really well done. I thought the whole lore of the movie was actually very clever. The whole idea is that uh, you have uh, these imaginary friends who lose faith in your imaginary friend too soon. Then it becomes a boogeyman instead of an imaginary friend. And so what basically happens is this girl starts seeing all of these weird things and it turns out she has this imaginary friend and uh, who is quickly becoming the boogeyman. 
and uh and it, the boogeyman is very well done and very scary like they nailed it and a lot of this has to do with her brother who she who got cancer and who she had this it kind of made her grow up too soon but then she also kind of convinced her brother to give up on his imaginary friend and so that's why they're kind of out to get her and the imaginary friend is back kind of trying to anyway so it's it's a pretty complicated little lore and it's pretty interesting and well done and the visual effects are fun like it's it's sort of like mr boogity that kind of like cheesy but like effective that i actually like i i don't need all of my scares to be like super realistic like i kind of like i don't know like it's sort of like going to a ride at disneyland you know where the animatronics obviously they don't look like real but there's something fun about that to me uh -huh. um so i really enjoyed it i thought it was solid it was the first uh disney channel original movie to have an interracial uh kiss uh, biracial or biracial whatever kiss i don't know what you call it but anyway so it was kind of a groundbreaker in that regard and i thought the acting was solid and uh yeah it's a good one i recommend it okay i'll check it out yeah and then the next one was twitches this is tia and tamara maori and they put, basically it starts out kind of parent trappy and uh the they're they're the daughters of this queen in this land and the uh they're they kind of get sent to earth to protect them you know story we've seen a million times but they end up getting sent to different families one of them is in a very rich family one of them is a very poor family and they end up meeting and there's this parent trap kind of moment like oh my gosh like we're twins we meet and but they're both older which i appreciate in this they're both like 21 um, and they uh -huh. both have very different backgrounds and one has lost her mother and the other has two parents who are actually like interesting and well portrayed. And, uh, once it kind of gets, there's this bad guy who's kind of a groaner, he's not great, but like once he kind of gets let out that they have found each other and the, so, so then the, like the spirits get unleashed or whatever. And so then they have to like figure out how they're going to fight this villain and it was really pretty fun pretty well done characters i liked the comp the contrast between i like the contrast between their different lives and i there but it wasn't just like you're rich i'm poor it was also like i've lost my mother you have parents you know so there were more their lives were more different than just like just that surface level uh and i don't know they did a good job and it was i was impressed it was good yeah so i recommend it and then the last one though well no then the next one was girl versus monster and this has it's kind of a grown worthy title uh but this was a fairly recent one and you can watch it on netflix and oh. i thought that this does everything the hocus pocus does but i think it does it even better it's about this girl who uh is like kept under kept in the house by her parents she's not allowed to, to leave on halloween uh particularly um and it turns out that she's actually from a lineage of monster hunters <laughs> <laughs> and certain things happen and these monsters end up getting unleashed because she tries to like she tries to escape the house to visit her boyfriend or whatever and 
Uh, I really enjoyed, there's three monsters because there's three main kids and each, uh, each kid has their own monster who grows in strength based on their fears and really uh, plays off of their fears. And so like one of her greatest fears is singing in front of people. And so like the more she's scared of that, the more it grows. Plus she also has like the generational fear. <laughs> of like that goes passed down um but there's a scarecrow monster that's pretty scary i think actually and pretty well done and then there's a uh Doza one and then the lead one uh was very much like the, the vet midler character i think in hocus pocus but like i liked her even better i thought she was really scary and the even like it's really cool because even the parents have to have to let go of their fears of their daughter and trust her because the more that they are fearful, the stronger this monster gets. And uh, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, the only thing that I didn't like is there's lots of these musical segments that I'm sure the tweens like love and they're amazing, but that yeah. weren't my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and so another one that is actually pretty similar <laughs> from 1978 was child of glass and this is a really good movie i liked it a lot it's not that scary it has some scary mo moments at the beginning but it's basically about these these kids they move get moved into this big old house and uh there is a scene where um and the little boy he ends up finding this ghost in the barn <laughs> that is there because of this uncle that she had that's very abusive and uh she is waiting to find her child of glass and so she has this poem that he has to figure out what the child of glass is and uh and so he has to kind of it's kind of a mystery he's looking for all the clues trying to in him with this uh, his friend this girl and there's some peril there's some tension of what happens to these kids uh, it's all there's also a scene where the girl becomes human so that he can go to a dance with her <laughs> very spoiler casper like <laughs> yeah spoiler alert um but it's, it was really good i liked it a lot i thought the acting was really good and had good atmosphere and uh the the uh what ends up being the solution to there's also this drunk guy who kind of tries to attack them at some points that was pretty scary um so uh out of those made for tv movies which one sounds the, the most interesting to you probably the don't look under the bed one i think that idea about imaginary friends becoming boogeyman is like really creative and really yeah. interesting yeah so that's main that's the main selling point with me yeah well you'll have to watch it and let us all know what you think yeah. uh, of it uh totally. so, yeah so so do like the hufflump movie if i wanted to go there there's some other, yeah. <laughs> some other ones that would be a lot of fun so if you have suggestions for disney scares month let us know in the comment section. Let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts and about any of these movies or about what I should do. That would be really fun. So thanks for 
indulging me, <laughs> letting me, letting me talk about some of these that you hadn't seen and uh, sharing your insight about the ones you had. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I'm glad to be here. So <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. And where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Howell489 and Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L, spelled the normal way, <laughs> um, or at vintagevestibule.wordpress.com. Do you want to say your seal again? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Howell489, Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L, then the number's 489, or, mm-hmm. at, or at my blog, at vintagevestibule.wordpress.com. And I just have an article there just from yesterday. Well, it won't be yesterday by the time this comes out, <laughs> but from right. recently about Halloween TV episodes. And I created a lineup just to watch on Halloween just in case you don't feel like watching the, the, the usual horror movies. So. <laughs> Great. Yes. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and I here on in YouTube and on iTunes. Please leave in your reviews for the podcast on iTunes. It really helps out the podcast. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate AJ and uh, we will talk again soon. Yes. Okay. Bye. Thank you.